Hi, I'm Bruce Burke. Welcome to the Bullet Point Bulletin's weekly wrap-up for the week of February 26th. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Ted Huff of Fintech Confidential. He's right in this other screen to my left, or my right, I'm sorry. And I'm going to send it over to Ted, and he's going to share with us what we're speaking about this week. Ted, what are you and I going to uh, review this week? Yeah, well, Bruce, I'm actually up in the right-hand corner, right over there where you're at right now. So just wait for everybody. All right. So, hey, Bruce, it was really great to actually see you in person last week. It was fantastic to be able to sit down and talk fintech, Web3, all the great things that you've got going on. But this week, we're going to be covering things where the regulators are warning banks to be careful when dealing with fintech companies involved in digital assets. They're cautioning the banks they must have a deep understanding of their cryptocurrency and fintech customers, as well as monitor and have a solid knowledge of the overall industry. Now, banks with these appropriate controls are not prohibited from providing the services to any specific class or type as allowed by law regulation. However, this guidance is likely to make it much, much harder for certain crypto-focused companies to secure banking relationships. Speaking of relationships, MasterCard has partnered with a Web3 payment protocol, Immersive, to allow users to make crypto payments on digital, physical, and metaverse worlds. And users will be using their existing Web3 wallets uh, to make direct crypto payments without relying on a third party for collateral. And a USD coin, the USDC coin, will be used to settle all the transactions across the MasterCard network. Now, this partnership will allow Web3 wallets and decentralized finance protocols to transact anywhere that MasterCard is accepted. Now, we're moving on into the gaming industry and Azura Games, which is developing a new game that incorporates NFTs, has raised over $10 million in additional seed funding to bring the total amount to $25 million dollars. Now, this funding round was led by A16Z, while other investors included NFX, Coinbase Ventures, Play Ventures, and Franklin Templeton. Ezra's forthcoming game, Leagues, Legions, and Legends, I always get those different. <laughs> um, League of Legends is what comes to mind every time I read this. But Legions and Legends is an opportunity to create some of the most new business models on this platform. And NFTs won't be the foundation of gameplay but the tokens will be included as game collectibles. Now, as if you thought we were done with gaming or not, because Funtech is taking over the Web3 world. And even with more in the gaming news, Trip Hawkins, the founder and former CEO of Electronic Arts, or EA as you may have heard it, Big. has joined Startup Games for a Living. See, I laughed when I read this title. Games for a Living is actually the name of the company, <laughs> not what he's doing. Um, but, you know, he's helping create an NFT and token field video games, starting with Elemental Raiders. And Games for a Living is developing games based around these NFTs and blockchain-based tokens. Now, Hawkins believes that the blockchain, combined with their vision, can create a whole new gaming paradigm for the benefit of all. And unfortunately, not all news is good news. Uh, scammers are taking advantage of people's interest in AI and the new technology to trick them in investing into fake chat GPT tokens. Hundreds of counterfeit tokens bearing the chat GPT name have been released and scammers are exploiting chat GPT's popularity to generate quick cash. Now, crypto investors... So far, uh, as as of the, the end of this week, have lost approximately thirty three point. I almost said thirty eight billion, but three point <laughs> eight billion. It's a big difference there uh, to hackers last year, um, and up to three point three billion. And sorry, I'm getting this all wrong, but twenty twenty one was three point three billion. Run out of breath yet. <laughs> 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 but in 2021, there was 3.3 billion, 2022, 3.8 billion in, in crypto scams. Um, and this was all done. Chain analysis did a bunch of research on this. Um, but it's super important to clarify that neither OpenAI nor Microsoft has any intention of locking, launching any digital coins with their namesakes. So any token that sounds remotely like ChatGPT or Bing is most likely a fraud. And we'll dive into that a lot deeper, man. But there is so much stuff going on this week. 
Oh, it's um, crazy. Just, Absolutely I'm, nuts this week. Uh, I, it was, uh, it, it's really difficult sometimes to uh, bet on the horse that's going to be the biggest story, right? Uh, you know, when I'm doing a daily all uh, video, stories, I want to do something, you know, of, of uh, you know, uh, uh, size and, you know, strength and power and, you know, uh, throughput and all that sort of thing. And so, uh, in, in doing these things, it, it's been really difficult lately because there's a lot of news going on in the space and, and a lot of fundraising mm-hmm. going on despite the downturn or whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, there's a lot of, excuse me there, uh, a lot of new projects coming out and there's a lot of uh, stuff still kind of happening from the fallout that's mm-hmm. uh, kind of still reshaping the industry a little bit, right? Uh, All that and, fun and, and still making changes still to happen. the industry. So, you know, there's there's just a lot. It's a lot. But um, so let's get into it. What's what's the first one? What are you talking about first? We're talking about. <laughs> it's all right, Bruce. So we're, we're going to let's let's hop into the uh, summary. Basically, regulators warning to say no to crypto for fintech Ooh, companies. Nancy banks. Reagan is alive and well, ladies and gentlemen, say <laughs> no to crypto. <laughs> um, so for me. My personal take on this is, you know me, I've always kind of been the contrary into all this stuff anyway, right? Um, it's funny that they're not warning the crypto companies and saying, hey, 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 you can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. They're kind of like doing it the same way they're doing the legal marijuana business, right? Like, hey, uh, you don't want to do business with those guys, right? Uh, it, they're, uh, that putting the, putting the squeeze on the banks and putting the, uh, even more compliance, more regulation, more hurdles, right? Uh, on the banks seems to be the Fed's way of regulating or, uh, uh, sheriff uh, being the sheriff of all this stuff that's going on, you know? Um, so it, it, it's interesting that they're, uh, but at the same time, you know, that, that statement you read, they're saying, Hey, we're not saying you can't, we're just saying, if you're going to do it, one, um, uh, you've got that money that you've got sitting there. That's theirs. Don't invest that in anything else while it's sitting there. Hold on to that because yeah. uh, there's too much volatility in, in the market back and forth, right? And and there's too much volatility with them. So if you're holding their money, hold their money. Don't invest their money elsewhere. Well, I think it's really interesting that that they came out with that guidance. And here, here's the main reason I think think that's really interesting is because – that is exactly what Custodia Bank came out saying that should I'm, be done. I'm uh, connected with her on LinkedIn, and, and I saw that post from her. Uh, she's like, on one hand, they're telling me to do this, and then they're they're stinging me over here too, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, so that's the whole thing is that they said, oh, you guys are silly. Banks don't do that. That's not how things work. You need to figure this out. You know, you, you're just you're delusional. It's basically what they were saying. And what was interesting is as as we look at it, the way that they're telling these banks to do this is totally in that direction. Not only is it totally in that direction, but this is, you know, you and I've talked about this before is they're trying to figure out how to manage all these different things. And as you you said, this is an easy way to go to someone who's already regulated to say, hey, based upon the way we do business and the way that we have to respond to regulators, this is how we're going to handle it. Now, this the other thing that's that's going on really big and what the it's funny that we we see a lot of the things that are going on in this area. But if you dive in a little bit deeper and look at what are the regulators hitting the banks about hardest right now? And this is a lot, you know, I get a good view into this with a lot of the banks that that are my clients uh, for my consulting firm. And, you know, I dive into it and really what they're getting hit hard with right now is anti-money laundering. They, yeah. you know, anti-money laundering is a big one. The second one is, is no, the, 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 
the know your customer, know the business side of the house. Those two are the ones that they're really getting hit hard with. And yeah. so. And there's a lot of it, fines uh, associated with that stuff and a lot of. Uh, oh, yeah. There, 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 it's it's a lot of hurdles and a lot of hum, uh, uh, hoops to jump through for the bank. And I think, you know, obviously it's going to dissuade some of the smaller banks that don't have one, the right. manpower, two, the tools, three, the economic resources. They want to trade every dollar that they are currently holding in their bank so they can use it to the maximum ability, right? That's what being a bank is all about is be taking in money and, you know, utilizing it right. Uh, while you have it. And uh, I think, think that there's going to be banks that kind of end up being like the default standards for these things, right? The, some bigger banks, right? Uh, I don't that think it'll be the big banks. Like, the big, big, big boys, I don't think are going to mess with it at all. Or they're going to dive I, in yeah. like head first, one or the other. It's going to be one or the other. They're not going to just dip a toe in the water, right? It's going to be one way or the other with the JPMs and the Bank of Americas and, you know, so forth, right? Uh, oh, those those guys won't even touch it. I, yeah. I, that's that's the whole it's, thing. Is I it's think going to be the middle market guys, it. right? It, it's going to be the new mm-hmm. uh, the new banks, do you think? It's, do you think it's going to be the ones that are so, working on somebody so else's thing- charter? They can't really, right? No. No, so so here's here's what I'm starting to see um, is banks that are, a, you know, right around a billion dollar between like under a billion dollars. Let me put it that way, are yeah. the ones that are looking at this, and and they're looking at it is how do we do this best, <clears throat> and so they're they're saying, hey, we've never done this before, we don't know about it, so let's. Let's hire people who actually know this stuff. And then so that's the pr- the direction they're going. And then what they're also doing is they're saying, hey, we need the technology to be able to manage this the best way possible. And, you know, there are great tools out there. I think chain analysis is fantastic at being able to trace and track the movement. But being able to account for the dollars or the the fiat versus the the crypto value as it goes through is is a place where there are only a handful of players in the marketplace and i think that's going to be the big one that that starts to take over is is really you know we first we're trying to figure out where is it going so we could find the bad actors the next step is where is it going and how much is it actually worth? And I think we'll get to that point. And once they figure out how to trace and track how much is it worth and where is it going, the next step is, okay, now that I know the value of this, even though it's a volatile market, hey, by the way, stocks are a volatile market, right? Um <laughs> It's funny, uh, just to insert uh, real quickly here, a friend of mine, uh, we were talking about him the other night, John Grasso, when we were walking down the pier, we were talking about John Grasso, right? He posted a thing, he's he's in uh, uh, somewhere in Colorado, uh, three three points, three peaks, something like that, Uh, and it was a gold mine stock exchange back in the day. Uh, oh yeah, and they showed, yeah, yeah. I saw and they showed this big bidding room where everybody was bidding on all. This. And we're talking about 1833 here, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, "You crypto guys that you know think you are doing something new, it's just that we're doing electronically now, but it's the same thing. It's a speculative market, and and they're you know so anyway. Moving on, I just wanted to throw that yeah. in there. Well, and the reason why I bring that up is you know the way that they handle their their portfolios, whether it be a 401k, whether it be a mutual fund, whether it be whatever, is that they bounce it across a whole bunch of different ones, right? So I I can actually see where where they become the staking entity. And and so they start to get into that piece of it because they're able to one, track the movement, two, track the dollar amount, and three, be able to have the visibility into the markets to be able to loan against it or loan for it, right? So those are the three big things that I start seeing. Um, some companies, if you guys are looking for companies that that are getting into the accounting side of the house, um, take a quick look at a company called Node40. I had the opportunity to sit down with one of the key investors this last week. 
Um, they're doing some fantastic things. If you want to learn more about that, just go check them out at Node40. Um, but, you know, those are the types of things that I see going in this. And th- this is how they're going to get that deep understanding that the 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 Fed is saying, the regulators are saying they need to do. Um, these are the ways that they're going to get the appropriate controls in place. Um, and, and it just, it, I really see them just kind of moving along um, into this. And I think the, the one for one dollar to the, the, the stable coin reserves, uh, I, I see that being a short term solution to get to a point where they can understand it and manage it to the level because I don't think that there is one, the knowledge and two, the technology that they've implemented, the technologies needed to be able to manage it. And I think that's really where we're at today. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Is it going to be worth it? Is it going to be worth it to one, uh, you know, uh, learn all the things that you've got to learn in order to, uh, effectively answer all the questions that they're going to ask. Right. And two, uh, the risk that's involved with it, you know, so it, it's, it, it's, it's going to be an undertaking for anybody who goes to do it. And mm-hmm. so it's, uh, people are going to specialize in it because it's not for the weak or timid, right? It's not for, it's not going to be an easy thing to do and it's not going to be a simple thing to do. So I think, you know, uh, the big boys, like he's, like you said, they're not going to mess with it. It's yeah. going to be the middle market, right? And it's going to be the middle market that's fairly new, I think, in banking. Well, if you if you look at the like a lot of things that happen in banking, right? So you used to have somebody who was over credit. You had your chief credit officer. Um, and then that broke out into your chief credit officer and your chief risk officer. And then that broke out into your chief credit officer, your chief risk officer, and your chief compliance officer. And so what you're going to see is you're going to, you're probably going to see like your chief digital asset officer who has a whole team underneath of them, just like all the other things. Um, and, and if you look, even if you look at their other other areas of the business, they have specialists in there. This is no CDAO. different. Chief Digital yeah. Asset Officer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's going to be a heck of a title. You think there's anybody who actually has that title yet? I mean, there's a lot of crazy titles out there. Not lately, yet. But not, not yet. Not but, that I've seen. Not that I've seen. Okay. Well, uh, there's I would a not career be surprised path for you, kids. You can you can uh, you can be yeah. the first and and the, a trendsetter with the that sort of thing. But but uh, I, I I'm telling you, by the end of this year, you will see that happen. By the end oh, of sure. this year, you will see at least one of those pop up. If they haven't already, and I'm just not aware of it. But I mean that that's that's just that's how we're 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 making the traditional system really start to be able to support this, and you know, they're not the only ones. I mean, we've got Mastercard who's just decided that they want to allow payments in Web three on the Mastercard Rails. I'm using Rails as a as a term, um, you know, via USDC. And this is really interesting because I've always looked at blockchain and digital assets of not needing rails, but more of heliports. Um, and I could go into a big discussion on what I mean by that. But, you know, it, it's it's interesting to see that the rail companies have started to started to, to build those lines between things. It'll, I, I'm curious to see how it'll work, but. So this to me, uh, this was interesting to me because way back in the day, uh, and uh, when I was dealing with POS, when I was in the prepaid market and we were trying to get POS terminals to do things that POS terminals were just made to accept credit cards, right? We were trying to get them to print off information from the, the back of the uh, uh, phone cards and that sort of thing. Um, I started referring to all these manipulations that have to happen as transactional gymnastics, right? It's, it's what the flip and the flop and the, and the, you know, the, uh, that has to go on in order for this to happen. And for MasterCard to be able to do this and not be out there risking, there's all kinds of transactional gymnastics that are taking place in order for this to happen. 
Uh, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of fees on these transactions because there's a lot of players that are involved in these transactions. Somewhere along yeah. the line, everybody wants to get paid if their stuff is being used to move money, right, uh, and, and being used in transactions. And there's essentially three different players in this. So you get your credit card company. You get MasterCard, yeah. right? You got Immersive, which is the uh, the, the fintech, right? And then mm-hmm. you got the, the the token, the USDC, and mm-hmm. uh, and then you've got the blockchain that that token's riding on, right? And you know the protocol. So there's really four parties that are involved here because it has oh, to go through left, all four of them. Oh, and you left out one of the big ones. Yeah, the bank when you want to when you want to ex- the exchange in the bank. Actually, you left oh out yeah, two, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, uh, so. it, in it, from what I read, it it really never talked about. Uh, they say it's changing over to fiat before MasterCard receives it. Obviously, MasterCard has to deposit it in a bank once they receive it, right, as fiat. But uh, they didn't really go into the banking aspect of it, right? It's yeah. more about the relationship oh, yeah, the between part. immersive and MasterCard, <laughs> right, and how that works together, right? But, yeah, at the back end, there, uh, I managed to connect with this uh, uh, CEO of uh, – of the immersive uh, Jeff Forey, I, I, I connected with him on uh, on the LinkedIn and uh, uh, was reading a, a thing from him. He pitched 30, 40, 50 times in a row to uh, get uh, people to, uh, to, to invest in him and, and believe in him and do his, you know, uh, go with him and, and, and move forward with this. And, uh, a lot of years and a lot of hard work, uh, it's not an overnight success guys. It, this guy, uh, uh, for 10 years pitched this, uh, uh, this concept and this is nothing new to him. It's not like he just broke out of nowhere and started doing this. Uh, he's been hard at this right. for, almost a decade now from what I've come to understand. And, and it's just now starting to uh, come into fruition. So, uh, you know, and still, once you've got the deal, then you still got to make the deal go happen, right? He's still got yep. to get people to write to his API, right? He's still got to go out and, and, and get all that done before that's going to start flowing, right? Uh, so it's a lot, you know, these companies are, doing things that have never been done before. This is, this is brand new. Nobody's doing this yet. This is brand new. I, yeah. From my understanding, I don't think anybody else is doing it this way yet. There's a lot of the Stripe on-ramps and stuff that's similar, but this is different, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, Visa ta- did and made this announcement probably a month ago, a month and a half ago, a very similar announcement um, to settle in USDC as well, I think. Um, maybe it was USDT. I can't remember, but it could have been one of those two. Um, I mean, they're the two biggest stable coins in, in the country, in the world. Right. Um, but then, you know, the one thing that I liked about this MasterCard piece of it is one that they didn't pick a wallet. They said, if the wallet supports it, it's supported. Yeah, the Um, immersive is kind of like a middleware sort of a thing. Uh, really, you know. And and then on top of that, immersive is is using um, other partners, which you mentioned in there earlier, to really convert the 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 digital asset to a fiat, right? And that's a big piece of it. Uh, I, I like the fact that they're able, you're able to use the immersive APIs to really drive it. Um, but you know, Mastercard is is really pushing hard. And one of the things that, that's also important is that MasterCard did release a prepaid card in Brazil that is doing real-time crypto, real-time crypto to fiat conversions <clears throat> for 14 tokens in Brazil. So they've already started to go down this path. I think MasterCard continues to do this. Um, and one of the key perks to that card is that people are getting 8% cash back every time they purchase or take an ATM withdrawal. Wow. That's that's super that's cool. big. And I, and I think MasterCard is set up to start doing a lot of these things because of some of the digital stuff they've been doing the last decade or so, right? Uh, they've, yeah. 
probably more than they're not new to the game. No, uh, probably more than anybody else. They've really been kind of a leader going into Web3 and crypto and blockchain and all that. So it's not uh, it, it's not a mystery that their former CEO, uh, Jay mm-hmm. uh, Banga, has been uh, nominated by Biden to uh, uh, head up the World Bank. Uh, he, yeah. He's going to be the new chairman of the of the World Bank. And uh, that that's going to be very interesting. Uh, I think he's the right guy to bring out uh, central bank digital currencies, uh, you know, in that role and, and help uh, move that forward. Right. Uh, he has the right viewpoint. I read a, a article uh, that he had uh, essentially gone back and uh, uh address the college that he went through and it was six mm-hmm. le- uh, lessons that he gave in leadership and you know how to you know i want it immediately i want it right now but i'm willing to listen to you because you're here right now right so it's aggressive but not aggressive with your ears closed right it's aggressive with i want to learn everything from everybody that i can and bring in mm-hmm. everything and and all that sort of thing and and uh th- there's a lot to be learned in this stuff this is not just about uh, ones and zeros and <clears throat> and apis and you know yeah. uh there's a lot of business fundamentals and and life fundamentals in all this too you know well i mean this is playing out as a if you really look at it it's a it, this is a human behavior problem and and we're really we're really watching how human behavior works in real time with <laughs> give all them enough of these rope things. they'll hang themselves and they'll go out and they'll create fake money as quick as you let them <laughs> yeah i mean if you look at look throughout history when there was a new new product a new service something different it always gets exploited first oh yeah and and those who are wanting something fast and easy are always going to get caught up in the bad side of it. Yeah. So th- I mean that that's really that piece of it. But I think you're headed headed right down the the right direction. Um, the CBDCs, uh, I struggle with that, but I understand there's a purpose for it. But we can talk about that at a later date. Yeah, Let's yeah. move over to something a heck of a lot more fun. Woo, fun time. Are we driving? $10 million for legions and legends. Let's talk into the fun tech, man. Break out the battle axes, kids. Let's <laughs> <laughs> break, break out the battle axes and let's head in to beat the boss. Um, so this is the second round and apparently the second round, the first round was also led by A16Z, but the second Mm -hmm. round was led and apparently they need more money than they had before and they're still growing. Um, but this is something that's really going to explode. Uh, and I think it's, uh, what's, I'm not going to say it's everything that's what's next, but I think the blockchain, NFT, Web3 gaming stuff is going to be the next step up from, you know, your PlayStations and your and your Xboxes. And, you know, uh, I, I started with N64, right? Uh, but it, it, you know, it you had your 8-bit, then I you start, went 16, then you went 32, then you went 64, right? This is yeah. the, the Web3 version of all this stuff, right? It's, it's just online. It's just streaming. And now it's going to be in the metaverse, right? Uh, so it's, it's, you know. Yeah. So, so this is what's really interesting for me is like, uh, like you were mentioning, you started started with a gaming system. My first gaming system was the Intellivision, um, actually the Atari, then the Intellivision, um, and and then I kind of went through and and about the time the NES happened, I, I I felt like I lost a lot of the desire into the gaming. Like in that gaming, it just it just it felt repetitive. It lo- felt very blah. To, for lack of a better phrase, that and, one thumb, that one thumb. Oh. Yeah. So, but, but, but like a lot of them were like, how fast could you type, press the buttons? Like, how fast could you do this? How fast, how fast, how fast? And, and to me, that, that, that just took away a lot of the fun. Now, yeah. I've been, I've been watching my kids play all of these role play, first person role playing games. And yeah, they're kind of cool, but still it's about speed, right? There's a lot of speed in there. And and I know there are multiple games that are more thoughtful, but it, it just it it makes it 
harder for me to get involved. Now, one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of these other games that have the NFT themes and, and the blockchain, the technology side of it is actually what's drawing me to go, hey, maybe I want to try this again. Maybe I want to get into this because I understand how things are going to get linked together. Whereas before it was just audio graphics, story play, you know, like storylines. And that wasn't exciting for me. Um, yeah. So I think this it, is really it did get it very repetitious. I uh, went up to PlayStation three and I haven't bought a console since. Right. Uh, I finally got rid of it uh, when I got married. Uh, my PlayStation three uh, console turned into a Blu-ray player so we could watch the Friday night chick flick every week. Right. Uh, at the end of the <laughs> week. Right. Yeah. So uh, but uh, like you said, uh, this stuff is kind of reinvigorating my uh mid 20s uh guy that you know i was right um and it it's very interesting uh that like on this uh this one game that trip hawkins is doing right uh they're releasing and i'm not trying to go into the next story but they're releasing some of the games as free to play and so you can just go and play some of them are (laughs) battle passes right and and there's going to be tournaments with battle passes and there's going to be nft rewards and uh blockchain based token rewards and that kind of stuff so they're doing some with some without you know and you can kind of pick your flavor and kind of uh if you're into it and you're interested go down this path if not you can you know just play it for fun and 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 do it uh, you know there too so it's well that's uh, not unusual right so i mean i think that's the biggest piece that you'll start to notice with it within these games and, and even if you even go back and you look at games like candy crush or anything like that you could play it for free and you could eventually earn your way into that next level or into that that add-on or what have you and that's kind of what they're doing here with the nfts you could buy the nft or you can earn it, um, and it's a that you know non pay to play or pay to play. Um, and I think one of the things that's really been cool that I'm starting to see on these as well is the mobile gaming side of the house has has really taken over. So you have PC and mobile devices, and these mobile devices are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Oh yeah, the Steams and and uh, everything that's cool. coming out right behind it, you know. So the end of January, I was in Vegas and I was at the Razor store and and yes, I went to the Razor store. <laughs> I'm like, why is it open at one o'clock in the morning? Right. So like, I, like, I had to go Las check Vegas it out. And they got RGB. That's why. No. <laughs> yeah. So I, so it's one o'clock in the morning and I walk in and there's like people everywhere. I'm like, why are there so many people in the Razor store at one o'clock in the morning? Well, Lo and behold, that's the day they released their mobile gaming device. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. And that yeah, thing, everybody's trying to compete with the Steam. Uh, there's, oh my I've god, seen, but but I saw it, and they yeah. had they were they were they literally had a Steam device, and they had their device next to each other, and their people playing the same game against each other, and you could see the difference in gameplay. You could see like the the quality of image. You could like it. It really was really cool, and. The reason why I'm bringing this up is it also makes me think of the Nintendo Switch. So the Nintendo Switch also is a mobile gaming device, but guess what it is also? It's a console device as well. Yeah, you can put it in a cradle and you can play it on TV, right? And and use your uh, take your controllers essentially off the side and, you know, put them on your uh, hands, right? And, and, you know, it's, um, it's, I think that, even though the consoles, right? I, I don't think uh, you know Xbox and PlayStation will probably ever go away. But I the, the amount of people that are now streaming Xbox, right, and and doing it from the what they call it, Xbox Cloud Gaming, there's so many variables. There's Xbox Cloud, X, Xbox Cloud Gaming, Xbox, you know, uh, and there's the same variables with Sony, right? Uh, but there's so many different devices coming out after the steam now uh, the success of the steam took off right and and uh there's so many other devices coming out now even just uh, something that looks like a little uh, uh smartphone you know uh, uh you and i were talking about it the other night the uh our arcane i think it's called uh it, it's uh mm-hmm. it's the old arcade games on a you know a little smartphone kind of a thing that fits into like one of those yeah. black backbone devices, right. That kind of stretches yeah. and snaps around the phone. And uh, so there's, there's a ton of that stuff coming out. So you got to think that 
these people are not producing the hardware just for, you know, like mobile call of duty and, and, and stuff like that. There, there's a lot of interest uh, from a lot because you get your PCs, you got your consoles, you got your mobiles. Uh, and and now the VR stuff is starting the Sony VR twos out. So uh, gaming, 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 gaming uh, is really going on and 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 a lot of ways, you know. Well, I mean, that's the whole fun tech piece that we've talked about, right? And and obviously, as you mentioned, Trip Hawkins is seeing a lot of this fun tech continuing to grow because he's a founder of EA, <laughs> right? Former CEO and decided, hell, why not? Why not take one more shot at it? The last hurrah. And, you got you to admire a guy like that. He don't need, He's not doing this for the money. He's got the no, money. No, he's doing he's it for fine. fun. He's fun. Uh, It's funny when I was assembling the video with him, uh, you know, I'm looking for a piece where, you know, he's making a statement about, you know, we we think that, you know, right. And so I'm looking for a piece of video to accompany that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I found a piece of video that's in my bullet point bulletin. That's like from 1982 when he was doing a pinball assembly game, right? Uh, and it's like 8-bit graphics, right? And mm-hmm. they're in this thing, and it's like Chet and David, and, you know, we're here, and they all got the polyester leisure suits on, right? And, and he's doing the pitch like back then. He was, I don't know, I would guess, you know, 22, 24, 26 at the very most, right? And he had one of his devs there, and the dev was talking about the pinball game that you could assemble your own pinball game with the pieces mm-hmm. and uh, everything. And it was amazing to watch this, that this guy has been in this and doing this yeah. since then, you know? And you got to think, this guy has seen games, knows games, knows the industry, you know, had multiple successes in the industry, started out at Apple, right? And left Apple and was like, I got to go do my own thing, right? And and, yeah. and started EA, right? Which is huge over in Orlando. They got a huge facility over in Orlando. Uh, I don't know where yeah. their national headquarters is, but they got a huge yeah, it, facility in Orlando. It, it, yeah, it's in uh, Northern California and the Silicon Valley is where their, their global headquarters is. Um, but, you know, what's really cool is that, he isn't starting it from scratch, right? So he he saw something in in living uh, games for a living um, because honestly, Elemental Raiders is already out on Steam. Um, it's a traditional free to play version, like you talked about. But when you're doing the free to play, the tokenized elements aren't available. So you know this is kind of different than what we were just talking about with some of the other games. So when you want to get into the NFTs, you want to get into some of the other stuff, that's when you have to start playing, uh, paying to play. And, you know, they're they're releasing uh, an NFT called Battle Pass in March, um, which will have its own token. Um, you know, it's going to be minted on the BNB chain. I mean, there's just there's a, there's a lot of things that are going on and and. I think you're going to see, and like I mentioned before, I, th- I think you're going to see this this idea of of always moving, always being around. And I would not be surprised if over over time, these mobile devices start based upon your skill level or where you're at in the game, might start becoming nodes for, for this stuff. Uh, that was my original concept when they were launching Android. That. Uh, each Android device was a node and, you know, it would just hop from node to node to node to node to node and it would make it stronger, but they never did that. But that was my original right. concept when Android launched that they would do that. Uh, it's interesting that Trip is a co-founder of this company now, but he's uh, uh, being brought in as chief strategy officer. And this, uh, I think his name is Manel, uh, worked for trip earlier at trips company which is called digital chocolate and so Mm -hmm. apparently he left digital chocolate started this company and now trip is like gone with him uh saw what he was doing with games for a living and gone uh you know now they've teamed up together and they're going after this and 
you know, you were talking about, you know, that repetitive button mashing, you know, and how quick can mm-hmm. you do it and all that stuff. Uh, right after this uh, Raiders uh, game, they're coming out with another one that's, uh, uh, was it Diamond Mystery, something like that. Uh, and it's a puzzle game. And when I was doing a lot of gaming, uh, you know, I, I did like Onomusha, right, where he's hacking and slashing. You know, that that was one of the ones I really got into was the Japanese warrior, right? Uh, but along the way, he had to solve certain puzzles, not hacking and slashing, to get to certain areas, right? And I find mm-hmm. that stuff really interesting because it teaches people problem solving. It te- teaches people how to... Uh, use resources that they may or may not know they have, right? And or how mm-hmm. to go find a resource that you know does something that you know triggers something and 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 moves to the next one. So it's um, in my mind, the puzzle things are almost educational. Uh, I, I don't want to get off into educational software, but uh, you know, you, again, you learn something while you're doing it, right? Yeah, I, I'm just I'm making sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, I was pulling up the article. Uh, here, I'll pull. I'll share it with everybody. The reason why I was pulling it up is one of the things that I thought I remembered, and now I just found it. Um, is you know the biggest piece that I, I noticed was the fact that they're they're looking at is not using a private network. They're not using private networks for this. Yeah, this they was kind want, of they, the, uh, I, I left this out of my bullet point bulletin because I thought it kind of went off on a little uh, side note, so to speak. And this is really kind of uh, an opinion of the author, right? Uh, and his take on, you know, how this fits into the ethos mm-hmm. of web three and the openness and the, uh, all that sort of thing. But, uh, I just in trying to keep the bullet point bullets in short, I, I just edited it out and didn't go into this, but I really think, uh, this is an important, so I want you to go ahead and, and, uh, uh really, uh, uh, dive into this and, 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 you know, talk about, yeah. cause I know this aligns with your viewpoint on that stuff. Yeah, so I mean the the big thing that that I, I struggle with and I, that I see <clears throat> the for me um, when I think Web three, it's all about interoperability. It's all about being able to go from one place to the other. That's why I mentioned earlier it's more like helipads versus railroad tracks because with helipads you can go any direction you want. You can take it with you and land wherever you want. Um, you don't have a predetermined direction that you have to go. Predetermined route. It is, it is all up to you. And really what what this is saying is that it it looks because it's being done minted on the BNB chain and the Ethereum chain that now you have have two different types in my this is this is my analogy right so we have two types of helicopters now right so we've got the BNB helicopter we've got the Ethereum helicopter and now what we can do is we can go where we want to go and move where we where we need to go and make this interoperable and, and take it from this what this means to me is it by doing this and being on a non-private or permission blockchain which is completely doesn't even it's no longer blockchain at that point it now just becomes a distributed network of databases <clears throat> at least from my perspective yep and so by doing this what this sets these sets this company up to do is to be able to take and I'm going to stop sharing here just real quick um what this allows them to do is now take all of these tokens or digital assets that they've created within their game. And now that allows them to partner with other games that are using the same kinds of helicopters. And now these other games create a helipad for this helicopter to land on. And so by doing that, now you start to see these things crisscross and it only expands the gameplay into so many different directions that no one has ever thought about, that it's never been been done. And I think well, that's they got a really chief strategy officer that you know has been in it like like I said from you know 1978. I, I, when was uh, EA founded? I mean, uh, what year did he found that thing? You know, uh, I I didn't dive into that, and I don't remember off the top of my head. But just kind of think about their chief strategy officer was a key component 
of EA bringing on the FIFA game. Oh, yeah. Madden NFL, all of those brands. Yeah. Um, the Battlefield series. The Sims. 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 Need for Need Speed. For speed. For oh, fun. that was my. Uh, you could drive the Porsche. You could drive the Zonda. Right. You could drive the. Oh, I drove them all. I drove them all and I drove them for hours. <laughs> hours. But, but just, just imagine if, if you were able to take FIFA and you tie that into the Sims. So now you're, you're that, that ball player in the Sims driving the card from need to speed <laughs> to go visit somebody who's an NFL player at and their then you're house going on the battlefield together. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, you guys decide that you're going to go to battle, right? It's like, this is really, if you think about it, that's really the direction that, that this is starting to total go. interoperability, right? So you can take exactly. a player out of one game. If you got a, a, a soldier in your, in your uh, call of duty, you can, you can take your soldier out of your call of duty and you can put him in your sim environment. Right. And, and right. you know, he's your player now. <laughs> so, right. And, and so, so, so imagine taking this huge battlefield warrior. That's just a ginormous dude. Right. And you throw him into in, in Madden NFL and you say, dude, just pound, just, just, push through all these people boom so exactly <laughs> so you see these guys go flying everywhere. But, but these are the types of things that i think that is really going to change the way that we look at gaming and and it's just going to change everything right um so I, i'm really excited to see this stuff going on it, it, it's um, funny that after this uh author pontificated for i don't know a, a paragraph and two a half you know two about paragraphs it. two paragraphs uh yeah he did state with the closing line that a representative from the company, and I'm guessing it's a Marcom, right, uh, stated that ultimately they will bridge this to all the other chains, right, and, and everything right. else, right? So uh, you got to start somewhere is what I'm going to say uh, as an answer yes. to, you know, the. I don't think it's really criticism. I think he's just uh, pointing out something. Uh, that needs to be pointed out to people, but uh, but it is interesting that they're starting where they are. And uh, the the funniest thing I think is the GFAL uh, uh, token games yeah. for a living. <laughs> yeah, that's what the name of the token is. <laughs> yeah, well, right. and that, that that's a big piece, and that's kind of why that I brought it up the way that I did. Is that although it starts off as it's only having one helipad that you can lift up and lift down and lift up and lift down. And you can go around and around and around, but you still land in the same spot. Eventually you're going to be able to land at a different helipad. And, and they're doing this with the interoperability and across all of the chains that, that tie into it. So if another game does use the same chain and they do allow for interoperability, now you just connected those two games. And that's really where I And there really isn't right now a whole lot of other companies that are really working toward there's not a whole lot of interoperability going on right now. They're in talking blockchain about it. gaming and NFT gaming and that sort of thing right now. So I think they're they're kind of taking it as the industry will take it like kind of as it grows, right. they will grow with it or grow before it. If I, if I know them, you know, uh, these guys, right. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, uh, I don't think there was no mention of money. There was no mention of how, how money the company was, how much, you know, uh, how much they're putting behind it, anything. There was no numbers given whatsoever in this, hmm. uh, I think this is going to end up when, being when, when you don't when you don't talk about the price tag. If you have to ask, it's too much. Um, exactly, I think that's it's, it's going to be huge. Kind of where they're at. It's going to be huge with a guy like Trip behind it. Everybody's going to go. Oh, it's Trip. You know, let's let's get it. Let's get in line. You know. So we're up against our last story of the week, um, and I hate to end this on speaking on of a, tokens. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of tokens. Um, you know, as, as we say every week, um, this is meant, and I actually have like a, a script that I'm supposed to read, but you know, we're not, we're not, um, financial advisors. This is all for entertainment and for your education. Take our opinions as our opinions only. Um, we're, we are not doing this in a way to, to tell you what to do or how to use it or to do or not to do. 
just more of a, a means of education. But there are, I mean, chat GPT blew up, man. I mean, it's just, it has changed so many different things. Um, and AI is going to continue to do that. But with with all the hubbub about Ch- chat GPT, um, there are a ton of scammers out there that are taking advantage of the interest in AI and this new technology and tricking them to invest in fake tokens. Heck, even Elon had a, had a couple of comments about it, um, which, I mean, you, you kind of expect that from him. Um, he has a comment and, about everything. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. But, I mean, the funny part is, is that there is absolutely no – so just, I'm just going to put that. There is not a chat GPT token. There is not a Bing token. There's not any token that is related to these. Um, but there have been hundreds of counterfeit tokens bear, bearing that name including 132 tokens on the BNB chain, 25 on the Ethereum chain, and 10 on other blockchains. So, I mean, then this is as of like Friday-ish, I think is when, when, when they did these numbers. So, I mean, you're looking at this and it's, it's kind of scary, man. It is kind of scary to really look at these things and try and figure out like, how, how, do, we, how do we help people? Um, and I think this is, although it's not the most exciting, it is one of the most important stories that we that we bring to you guys today. Yeah, we um, are, uh, like Ted was saying, we're not financial advisors. Nothing we're doing here is financial advice. We're not trying to uh, get you to invest in anything, and we're not trying. But uh, at the same time, this is a public service announcement. If it says it Chat GTP and token. It's not real. Don't buy no. it. I don't care what they tell you. And you don't need to do your own research. All you need to do is say no to chat GTP tokens. It's not real. Yeah. The research is really easy. Does it do these actually exist? Yes or no? The answer is no. Um, so so you just 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 walk away. Um, but I mean, as I mentioned in the intro. It's the amount of money lost to hackers and fake coins and fake things um, has continued to go up. I mean, 2021 is 3.3 billion. 2022 is 3.8 billion. Um, chain, chain analysis, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, um, hasn't really given any numbers for 2023 so far, um, but those will probably come out at the end of the first quarter to see where we're on track for that. But I think that we're going to be on track for probably closer to $5 billion this year. We'll be on you, track You think for by the end of this thing. next month, but we'll be at five. I I, I think that's pretty No, not good. the end of this month, not the end of this month. But like if you were to take the run rate based on the first quarter of the year, so January, February, March. Yeah, well, that's the end of this next month. The end yeah, of March the end of is March, the end of, yeah. this, it's the, end of yeah. the quarter, right? Well, uh, this is the last, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, to me, and it's, it's not only tokens, right? Uh, I've seen a bunch of posts, you know, uh, people, uh, oh, AI expert, right? Last week they were a blockchain expert or they were this <laughs> expert. Or that. I must have seen, you know, because sometimes I'll just scroll through YouTube in the home, right? What YouTube oh recommended dude. me, right? And there's 40 ways you can make money with ChatTP, 10 ways you can make, become a millionaire with ChatGTP. Don't do any, you know, don't lift a finger anymore. Just talk to this thing, you know. Uh, so many people, so many YouTube videos, so many blogs, so many articles, so many videos around ChatGTP. And end all to be all, it's not the only one. It's not the only AI. And AI, no, I mean, you interviewed uh, uh, the guy from uh, uh, IPsoft at uh, yeah. at our pay show in Las Vegas. They're, they're now Amelia. Amelia, right? But they're an AI company and have been for yeah. uh, Chris Thomas you, uh, and uh, yeah. the other guy. Uh, I can't remember his name uh, off the top of my head. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Peter with the uh, 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 tele, not telepin. Um, Anyway, uh, but I mean, AI, so this is, I think you're, you're bringing a lot of AI bringing up a good there. point, 
Well, not only that, but what, what you're bringing up is that AI is not that new, right? So AI no. has been building and growing. Um, you know, early adopters in AI, you're going to laugh, but I mean, we're talking the 80s is when AI really started. <laughs> And it started as pattern recognition. Virtual Fighter 4 had AI. It would learn your moves and your stuff and, and make your fighter better. Uh, talking about yeah. gaming and AI, that was Virtual yeah. Fighter 4. I think they're on 10 now, right? That, that was on PlayStation yeah. 3. Or maybe it was 2. It was on PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2. Well, well and like t- today, um, you know, the, the thing that's interesting is that it's still at its infancy. Yes, it's made a huge leap. But if you use chat GPT and you ask it to answer a question, you ask it to do something, the likelihood of it giving you the same kind of response every single time is extremely low. For example, as you say, hey, give me a list numbered one to 10 of the best restaurants in San Francisco. It may give you a bullet point one answer, bullet point two, bullet point. It'll have the numbers, right? And if you take that exact same phrase and you throw it in again in a brand new chat, it'll just give you bullets, but no numbers. And if you redo it again and you throw it in, it just gives you a list of restaurants. And then you do it again and it gives you the name of the restaurant. What is the best? It's like, it's all over the place. It's not, it's, it's like, it's, there's no it's not consistent. It's not consistent. And all of the AIs run into this, all of them, uh, whether you're using MidJourney, whether you're using Dali, whether you're using 11 Labs, whatever you're using for whatever process, it, it still hasn't gotten to a point where you can give an, give a question or give a prompt and you get the same response every time. Yeah. It's still trying to get there. It's still in its infancy. I, uh, I ran across this morning, and I'm going to share it in the link below. Uh, there's going to be a whole listing. I, I uh, ran across a listing of not just you know Chat GTP, which uh, you know, uh, but also uh, uh, art, music, poetry. Right? There's oh, yeah. a listing of like thirty or forty different AI tools. Yeah, for everything that you could possibly want to think of. Right? Uh, that. I'm going to list in the in the description below so you can use that and and go down there and and uh, take a look and uh, pick out the tools beyond chat GTP that might work more specifically for something that you're trying to do. There's sound editors. There's they got an AI that removes uh hums and background noises in audio recordings. They get there's well, a, a, video, thousand- a video of the gaming card right? The gaming card has that, right? And then you've got Bose who's got their own. And then you've got, um, I mean, sure, microphones have their own. It's like everybody is using this type of technology to really, to move things forward. But the key thing that that, that I'm going to, I'm going to end with uh, today for this particular topic is that there are no chat GPT tokens. There are no Bing chat GPT tokens. Um, so just Bing chat GPT tokens also just, just stay away from them. And, you know, we're going to be doing, I know Bruce, you've been doing some work really to dive in, into the AI stuff for a longer format discussion. And I think that we're getting close to where, where that'll, that'll be coming out here soon. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's only going to be, I think a matter of about another week of me doing a little more research where I can mm-hmm. really dig in and, and do a longer form. Uh, uh, I want to do it not about chat GTP. I want to do it about generative AI in general, yeah. right? Uh, because there, like I said, there's art, there's music, there's this, mm-hmm. there's that, you know, and there's thousands of them. Uh, a good friend uh, uh, recently, uh, uh, Michael Darius, he was a, a designer at Apple. Uh, he, he's uh, started a, let's call it a service that's in the cloud that mm-hmm. they will help you. Uh, he's calling himself a prompt master, right? He's going to help you uh, get better prompts so you can get better design 
from these AI tools, right? And he's going to help you and you're in there and you're working with him and you're working hand in hand with him. Or if you just kind of like want to go out on your own, he's integrated the AI tools into this platform that he's using. And, uh, it, he's, uh, uh, used it to generate uh, uh Steve Jobs uh, birthday was this week and he used it to generate a video that's uh Steve Jobs uh talking about his AI platform that he's using <laughs> that he's promoting right and he used to write some of Steve Jobs uh, speeches and, and, and presentations and stuff. And he knows how yeah. Steve speaks and what was good and this and that and all this stuff. So he went to a specific, um, presentation that Steve gave to mm-hmm. get Steve at his very best. Right. And then he used this, uh, 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 platform to generate a video with Steve presenting the product. Yeah. Just like it well, was an I, Apple I, product, right? And, yeah. you know, and he did it out of love for Steve and how great Steve was of a presenter. But Steve lives again, thanks to generative AI. Yeah. And I, and I think these are the types of things you're going to dive into, into, into the series around the generative AI. So looking forward to getting that. Bruce, it's another week. We've covered a bunch of good topics yet again. All done. Uh, so, hey, just why don't why don't you uh, why don't you just kind of walk us out and just tell us more about what you got going on, man? So uh, it, it was great to see you this week in uh, Tampa while you're in town doing all your stuff. Uh, so what I'm doing is I'm uh, working on the pay interviews. Uh, I've been uh, uh, furiously working to get some new people to interview that are in the web three space that are in Mm -hmm. the blockchain space that are in the generative AI space that are in the, uh, FinTech space that I don't know that I'm doing stories on that Mm -hmm. are doing the things that we're talking about. Right. Um, I am really interested in that. And so, uh, if you, are a thought leader, if you have a new creation, if you have a different perspective, if you are uh, launching a new book, releasing a new product, and you want to talk about it in long form, and you want to uh, share your voice with the audience, uh, reach out to me and, 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 you know, uh, let's put it together and let's, uh, let's get you an interview and we'll, we'll do it in the same method in which Ted and I are working right here. Right. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you'll be the star of the show and I will just ask you leading questions and you can just go off. Right. And, and, and (laughs) tell me all about your thing. Right. And, and, uh, tell the world all about your thing. So, uh, it's called hashtag, Pay interviews, and I'm re uh, uh, rebooting the pay brand that didn't get a fair shake because of the pandemic, and I think it's a solid brand. And I've even put bullet point bulletins up underneath the pay brand, so now it's pay bullet point bulletins. And so uh, I'm going to be building out a, uh, a website with uh, payinterviews.com. Uh, I'm going to be uh, doing these interviews and we're going to be posting these interviews and doing uh, marketing campaigns around the videos of these interviews. And so that that's uh, kind of my main focus. But also, uh, like you said earlier, uh, I just want to go into uh, doing uh, long form videos on generative AI, on blockchain, on different subjects that are of particular interest and, and not just a quick, you know, short bullet point bulletin type of thing, but more of a, you know, a deep dive and, and, uh, uh, some explaining, some examples, some use cases, uh, some experts, uh, who knows how we're going to mix it up and mix it in, but you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to be exciting because I'm doing it, you know? So, <laughs> uh, but what are you doing, Ted? Tell me about what you're doing. Cause I know you've got, uh, just as much if not more going on with your, uh, 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 fintech confidential and all the other oh things gosh. that you're doing. So, 
Yeah. So, um, well, FinTech Confidential had a little bit of a technical snafu this last week. So I was only able to get three episodes of Web3 with FTC up. Um, hopefully we'll have uh, a new episode of the FinTech Confidential one-on-one uh, series coming out this week with Rhett Roberts of Lone Pro. I sat down with him um, and just really talked about, you know, what is he doing? Why is he doing it? How did he get into fintech? Really diving a very similar format to what Bruce is going to be doing with his pay interviews. But not only that, but this this coming week, I'm going to be meeting with um, two major players in the the payments world and just getting their perspective of what's going on. What is what is the mergers and acquisition places looking like in traditional payments? But then in later in the week, I have been invited to the KBW FinTech Forum in New York City. So I'll be sitting down with, with KBW's clients and potential clients that are talking all about FinTech, all about everything that's going on in the banking world. So I'll be spending the second half of the week doing that and really getting a lot of great info to bring to you all, both here and on FinTech Confidential. So that's what this week has coming up. Uh, lots of stuff going on. Last week I was in Tampa, uh, Bruce, as, as I got to be able to see you. Um, I was able to sit down with two great technology companies, one in the fraud space, one in, in the, uh, the blockchain and, and coin space. Uh, fantastic discussions. Also got to sit down with a bank while I was there that's looking at getting into the crypto space. So it's really nice seeing all these different things going on. Um, if you're looking for more news about Web3, go ahead and take a look at the FinTech FTC, Web3 with FTC. Wow, I struggled with that one. Web3 with FTC's Telegram channel. Um, we go through and every hour on the hour we're posting there. I'm starting to expand that out into the other social networks as well. Um, but yeah, just like, follow, subscribe on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all under FinTech Confidential. Of course, our fun folks at Twitter have me at FT Confidential. We're going to be posting a lot more news, a lot more videos, a lot more excerpts of the one-on-one interviews as well in all of those places. So just go ahead, like, subscribe. And if you want to learn more about me, your, your good old co-host here, Ted Huff, um, you can always find me at Ted Huff. Uh, Ted Huff. Ted Huff everywhere. T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F. And you can find me just about anywhere. Learn more about me. Um, if you want to reach out, always just send a quick email. You could do hello at FinTech Confidential, hello at tedhuff.com. Um, just reach out and uh, would love to talk to you more about FinTech. So, Bruce, this has been a great week, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been a lot. And uh, and and just as we're going into the show, I'm, I'm still reading more stories more stuff and i'm like oh well here's another video for the you know the oh, next yeah. day and the next day and the next day but the it's stories just keep on coming the, in. the the news never stops in in fintech and especially when you bring in the web3 and the ai and the blockchain and everything, there's always something going on so uh stay tuned Definitely. subscribe like follow share uh comment comment uh, check out the list below for all the uh, AI I'm going to be telling you about. And uh, we'll see you on next week's show and, and uh, every day on bullet point bulletins uh, all this week. I'm making a uh, commitment to doing a video every day, if I possibly can, and getting it out uh, at bullet point bulletins or uh, pay under the pay banner. So it might be an yeah. interview. It might be bullet point bullets. And I'm making a video every day this month. And, and that's the uh, focus this month. So every, every day, something new is coming out. It might be an hour long. It might be a minute long. Uh, you, you'll have to come and find out. So subscribe to the <laughs> channel and uh, more to come. All righty, Bruce. Well, Hey man, thanks again for such another fantastic discussion this week. And I look forward to picking it back up with you next week. Pow, pow.